Welcome to Joystick Jockeys. Hey guys, we're back. It's me, Ruben. Hey, it's me, DJ. Yeah, and we were gone for a bit, but now we're back. Uh, yeah. It was a couple weeks, couple weeks off. I was on vacation mm-hmm. uh, in Los Angeles, and then uh, I, I had uh, some conventions I had to go to. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and then me and DJ were just bad about about getting time together to do this because we're we're not we don't care about the fans i guess um, <laughs> we're, we're that's back. what it seems like i'm sure yeah that's what it seems like to them but it's like we just had scheduling issues but we're we're back and we're back on schedule. my favorite part is i don't know how the, how the recording will do it but uh on my side i just heard that's what it seems like to them and then dj your audio just cut out so can, yeah, can <laughs> just you hear- like, that's what it seems like to them. yeah can you hear me Wait. yeah i can hear you now okay, all of a sudden good. Okay, good. Yeah, I don't know what happened there, but I think it'll. I think the recording will catch that. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah. What I said was just like, yeah, we had a scheduling conflict, and uh, yeah, uh huh, uh huh. We're good. We're good. We're good. Here we are. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. As long as DJ doesn't keep going in and out, because every so often I'm like losing sentences. So yeah, I think it'll capture it on my side. So internet is being oh, it it for sure will. It'll just be whether or not I can respond to you like in a sensible manner. Yeah, no worries. All right, so yeah, let's let's do it. So you've been jet setting. You've been in LA, and then you were in Detroit for a uh-huh. for anime con, and now you're back in Butlanta, Georgia. Butlanta, <laughs> that's exactly right. Everyone's like, "Oh, Hotlanta," and I'm like, "No, that's wrong. Butlanta." <laughs> Butlanta is correct. Um, common misconception. It's true. It is a common misconception. Well, I missed you greatly, and I'm glad that we're we're back together again. This is good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What have you been playing? I mean, I know you've been gone. Uh, so probably some mobile stuff, right? Um. Well, I think I talked about I talked about Downwell. I think our last episode. I think mm-hmm. didn't I? Maybe. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's good. It's still good. If you haven't picked it up, Downwell is still really good. Um. I don't think I like did much of anything else. Uh, iOS wise. Um. But I did play some stuff on my laptop. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, here, let me start. Let me start over. Uh, so Halloween happened, and every Halloween, Destiny tries to do some cute shit. Um, and this year was like even more ridiculous. Um, and that's that's why that game, like uh, other games, that have multiplayer that I enjoy playing. The reason why Destiny, I think, is pulling me in mm-hmm. is because the persistence. Um, and it was a week long of just like um, the tower, which is like the the central uh, social hub in the game. Mm-hmm. It was decorated with Halloween shit, but it was like their version of Halloween. It had a different name. Um, and one of the NPCs gave you a candy bag. And whenever you killed stuff, uh, she gave you a candy bag and she gave you a couple masks. And they were these like kind of cool like uh, paper craft masks mm-hmm. of characters in the game and like bosses and stuff. And anytime you wore a mask while you were killing things, it would they would drop candy. Um, <laughs> and every time you filled your candy bag, you could turn it back into... Um, into this NPC and she would then give you um, uh, she would give you like a, a care package that would have another mask in it and also some uh, some items some like candy items that would boost um, boost like uh, how fast certain weapon items you have level up or whatever else so these buffs basically mm-hmm. um, and it was really cute because there was also like some quests associated with the mask you'd have to do like certain things using the masks um, uh, one of the masks was Atheon, which is the boss from the very first raid in the game. Mm-hmm. And there is a uh, there is a, a cheese um, in that in that raid early on, where like if you positioned Atheon just right, 
you could throw grenades at him and his uh, his routing AI for where he would move would just make him walk uh, off a cliff. And it was a really easy way to beat the raid instead of actually trying to beat him. <laughs> um, and they eventually patched that out. But so on the quest line, one of the things to do was while you had his um, mask equipped was to to trip off of the side of the tower because you can jump off the side of the tower in the game. Mm-hmm. So it was just, you know, very like self-aware, which is cute. Um, a bunch of characters like gave you like cute little things, and then um, Eris Morn, who's a character in the game, who's sort of known as a, a wet towel. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just like really hyper serious and like really depressing all the time. Uh, she gave she gave you a box of dried raisins. <laughs> <laughs> the worst, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, it's the worst. It's the worst. Like there's always someone mm-hmm. during Halloween that's like, all right, well, candy's not good for you. <laughs> and they gave all the NPCs a couple like new um, like audio things, like you got to uh to Eris uh, Eris Morn mm. and she'd just be like I don't it's like I don't like candy or like I don't get candy <laughs> um or like candy's terrible and overrated just like dumb shit uh it was just really cute though and it's something that like I think uh when games do that stuff I'm immediately just like I'm in, I'm endeared to this and want to yeah. play it more and and like really dumb events like that weren't getting you anything special like none of the rewards for doing those quests were anything amazing mm. um but it was it was just really fun yeah, and I feel like there's more of that in games in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is that. Um, I actually played some Peace Walker while I was flying on my Vita. Nice. Um, Peace Walker just and like I haven't really played. I played a little bit before, but it just from like a couple things that reminded me is um, I really miss David Hayter as Snake. Yeah, because it is is way goofier and way sillier. The voice is like way sillier for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like I don't know. It's he's he's Snake like. Uh, and, he, and he's distinctive sounding. One of the issues I had with um, Phantom Pain is like every dude kind of sounds the same. They're all just like gruff white dudes. Um, yeah, like they, gruff, they do. Serious white guys. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, honestly, like I'd be like, I don't know who's talking right now. <laughs> like I just if like if it was off camera, I'd be like, I don't know who's saying this because it's just another white guy uh, mm-hmm. saying shit. Um, but it it was interesting to see. I feel like Peace Walker is probably the game that a lot of people didn't play because on the it was on the PSP, mm-hmm. and PSP you can play it on the Vita, and they had an HD version on the PS3. Um, but there's so much DNA of that game in Phantom Pain. Like a lot of the ideas that are in Phantom Pain carry over. Um, like a lot of the structure and like how you have a mother base and everything is all in that game, and they right. function pretty much the same way they do in Phantom Pain. It's just bite-sized missions instead of this big open world. Um, and that was fun. Uh, and then the other thing I played was Undertale, uh, which has sort of been controversial because the fandom for it is really shitty. Um, which I'm sure saying, I mean, blanket statement, not everyone in the fandom for Undertale is shitty, but mm-hmm. in general, they've been hyper-aggressive and really shitty to people that say bad things about the game. Um, mm-hmm. It's very similar to the homestuck fandom and like fandoms in general like yeah. we can talk about the evening thing later if you want to because mm-hmm. uh, i'm sure people fucking heard about that yeah definitely. Um, so what i will say about undertale is um if you haven't played it or haven't heard of it it's a really uh, it's very cheap on steam like i don't know it might, is it like 10 10 bucks 15 maybe Another i don't know it's cheap sure. yeah um but uh it's this really small game i'm pretty sure one dude made the whole thing i think he made it in game maker too and it's an RPG, and the, and the hook of it is... It's an RPG with, like, old-school retro graphics. And the hook of it is um, you you can beat it without killing anyone. 
um, every encounter that you have, sort of, if you don't want to kill people, like if you want to attack people, you can and just kill them and whatever. Yeah. Um, but every encounter that you have sort of plays out like a puzzle where you have different actions that you can take towards them. And they're, it's different for every type of monster you come across. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of have to like figure out um, what actions and what order to do to get them to, um, at a point their name will turn up, it'll show up yellow. And uh, you can do, you can have mercy on them, which means you don't kill them. Yeah. Uh, but there's a couple things about that. You don't gain any XP, so you don't level up at all, which means you don't get stronger or get more health. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do get some gold, so you can get items to buff your health um, and like heal yourself, but that's it. So the farther along you go in the game, the more like really difficult it gets. Um, the menu when you fight looks like old school, um, like Earthbound or Shining Force, which is that first-person RPG sort of look. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the uh, when you talk to people... It, the way you like interact is kind of like a shmup. Your heart is in this little box, and, and when they attack you, they attack you with like different patterns of bullets, basically that you have to dodge by just controlling your heart with like the the num key. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really like the main mechanic of the game. Uh, it's really really charming. Uh, it has really good music. It has pretty funny characters. And I was surprised at how often I was really just enjoying the monsters and kind of how quirky and weird they are. Yeah. Um, like the game, I think, rides a very thin line of on occasion. I think it dips into like the humor is like too zany and it's like too, like too zany and too precious, um, which I'm not a big fan of because I, I think that there's a lot of stuff that's just like, oh, it's zany for zany's sake. And that's hilarious. And that's not actually like how comedy works. Yeah. Um, but I think fairly often it actually like hits a really nice balance of things being kind of weird, um, but in the right way that makes it really funny or really endearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm really, really enjoying it right now. Uh, the unfortunate thing is, like, if you say that that game is not perfect, uh, which I don't, it's not. Like, I, I think that there's mechanically some issues. Um, I understand that that playing it um, in a way where you don't kill anyone is supposed to be hard. Like, that's that's part of, I think, the the moral idea of it is that like, it's harder to not kill people. Right. Um, but the difficulty curve for not killing people is really unbalanced. Uh, the game gets, the game gets, uh, like difficulty in games is a really good thing. I think there's a really, really big difference between, um, difficulty that's challenging and difficulty that's punitive. And, at times, the difficulty in Undertale feels punitive instead of challenging. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a game design flaw. To me, that's that's just a bad game design thing. Um, it's still really fun, but I'm just finding... I th- the game sort of, I think... And especially because every encounter kind of works like a puzzle. And the longer you're in combat, the more uh, opportunity there is for you to get fucked up by not being able to dodge shit. Um, I think the game expects you to die and die often if you're trying to go through without killing people. Because you're most of those fights, the first time you fight a new monster, it takes a while because you're just trying to figure out how to make them be chill with you. Yeah. Um, but it's really, really cool so far. And I, I, I plan on, once I beat it, I do want to go back and do what they always call it. They call it a genocide run. Yep. And where you just kill everything the entire time. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Though I've heard the game is super depressing if you do that, because it's just like characters that normally you would see later that are like really friendly, that are monsters that you didn't kill, just yeah. aren't there. And the game just ends up feeling really empty um, and really sad. And like you'll walk into towns and they'll desert. The towns will become deserted because like people are terrified of you because you just kill everything. Yeah. Um, it's interesting for sure. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about it. Um, I didn't know that the fandom alongside of that had this kind of like intense, this intensity to it and kind of like other fandoms and things like that, especially considering like this is right behind, right after the whole Steven Universe thing, which I do want to address, but not, not yet, but I do want to get to that because I have a lot to say about that as an, as an artist and as a creator, I have so much to say about fandoms and fan art and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, um, I've heard nothing but great things about Undertale. I yeah, really I think, want, I I really think the best way it. to describe the fandom for Undertale right now is it does seem like it crosses over a lot with the sort of Homestuck fandom, which is, like, fine. Like, I have nothing against, like, I read quite a bit of Homestuck uh, before I was like, I can't ever catch up. This is too long. Yeah. Um, and it was enjoyable. Um, but it, it definitely falls under that, like, hyper-obsessive fandom that seems to feel like the property is 100% perfect. And they also, um, it's this thing where people identify themselves by this thing they love, which I think is always a fucking mistake. Like, yep. always. Like, you can love something a lot and be like, yeah, I'm really into this thing. Um, and if you want to use, like, terms, like, you know, terms for, like, Trekkies, that's fine, whatever. If you're a Trekkie, that's cool. Um, but if you, like, if you think about what makes you, like, what comprises you as a human being, mm -hmm. and part of that is um a a media thing like i always think that's a that's a dangerous place to be like you should be you should yeah. identify yourself as like as you mm -hmm. uh in your own entity yeah um and like maybe with your own creations um but i think when you have people identifying themselves with someone else's creations there's this weird uh sense of ownership at spawns that gets like really unhealthy and then you see like really fucking abhorrent behavior spawn out of that mm -hmm. um and that was happening with the, you know, it's weird. Undertale is all about, like, um, being non-violent and making friends with everyone, that it's possible to make friends with everyone. Yeah. And if you look at comment sections for, like, places where, like, reviewers that were just like, ah, oh, I don't, um, I don't really like this, or, like, I had a big problem with this game, there's just lots of, like, negating where it's like, you just don't fucking get it, or, like, you're a moron, or, like, you're not good at video games. And I'm like, ah, oh, like, this is completely against what, this game that you love, like just pretty much told you like you should right, do like right. the whole like moral lesson of this game. So it's, it's a weird, it's a weird disconnect to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Um, but yeah. Um, so beyond, uh, peace Walker and a little bit of destiny and a little bit of a um, mobile stuff, you know, you haven't been playing much else cause you've been pretty busy and not, yeah, not I've, just, I've been everywhere. I've been reading yeah. a lot of manga, but we can talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, there, there is, there's some, there's a good series. That I just like read all of the available chapters of while I was on vacation this weekend. Um, and man, it is fucking, if you like Naruto or Harry Potter or superheroes, it is fucking great. Yeah. I heard you talking about uh, that we'll, on we'll, the Twitters. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. Sweet. Um, but, uh, but as for me, um, I've been playing a couple of different things. Um, a lot of, Typical Japanese bullshit that I love. Oh, so much. Um, I beat Persona 4 Dancing All Night yesterday. Um, and 
I knew from where I, where I was in the game, I'm like, I probably only have two or three more stages of actual, like, songs to play before I beat the game. But Tales of Zestiria came out, and I had then been focusing all my attention on that and been playing that like crazy. But, um, and then the Street Fighter V beta was out um, one of the weeks while you were in L.A., so I was playing that mm-hmm. a lot. But, um... Since I just beat Persona 4 Dancing on Night and it's fresh in my mind, um, I would have to say that if this is the last romp that we're going to see with uh, the Yasogami High School um, investigation team, what a fun way to go out with like a, a goofy dancing game about friendship and expression and you know expressing yourself through through dance and making bonds with people sharing your feelings and all that bullshit it's it was fun it's such a fun game and as everyone knows that is familiar with the persona series whether it be one or two or three or just four alone the presentation of anything persona related whether it's a spinoff or not is just as top notch as the source material is so Everything that was that was presented in Persona 4 Dancing All Night had just as much tender love and care as the mainline title itself did. And it was just as involved and wonderful as uh, Persona 4 Arena and Ultimax as well. So it was just a ton of fun. Great music. A cute story that was um, very predictable had you played Persona 4. So I'm like, I already mm-hmm. know kind of what's happening here. And it's very similar to what was happening in the mainline games as well. So... I wasn't really surprised story-wise, but it was still a lot of fun just to go through. The story mode was pretty much like a visual novel in between doing the dancing stages. And if that's what visual novels pretty much are like, sign me up. Because I just loved (laughs) that whole experience. And it was all voiced, which was great. And then there was a couple of lines of dialogue that were not voiced when it was kind of like speaking in prose, talking about actions that the character was doing. Like, oh, I... I stood with a heavy heart as I was talking to so-and-so. Like, those things weren't voiced. But everything else was, and it was lovely to listen to. It was great. Um, it's it's funny that you, you mentioned it as a visual novel, because mm-hmm. um, this is something that I didn't play, but when I was in L.A., uh, our buddy that we stayed with, the, he was playing Tales from the Borderlands, uh, mm-hmm. which is a, um, a, a Telltale Games game. Mm-hmm. And holy shit, like, uh, I'm like a... I like Borderlands. I'm not the hugest fan of of it. In like, I mean, I like it, but I'm not like a mega fan. I'm with you. And like, the lore is okay. The story is good. I think it has really funny writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I th- honestly like. I think I liked what I saw of that game almost more than normal Borderlands. I mean, they're totally two totally different things, hundred percent. Yeah. But just like a hundred percent narrative driven story that just has you making choices on occasion. Mm-hmm. Um. It was fucking great, and the writing was amazing. Like the writing in it entails from the Borderlands is great. It's so mm-hmm. good. So yeah, I, I think that like um, it's really nice to see like properties that we like um, done in a way that's like maybe a little bit different from what mm-hmm. we're used to. And mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting with with this for Persona. Besides it being a dancing game, is also just like you know it when it's not dancing, it's basically a visual novel. Yeah. Uh, do you make decisions as you move through it, like um, choosing um, things or? Well, you have like conversation uh, choices that you can say, but it ultimately doesn't affect the outcome of the game. Um, but there are options where you can like answer a question. It's like, well, what do you think that this means? And then you have two different options. And if you're not paying attention, you like then you might not pick the right option. But if you're paying attention to it, the answer is pretty clear and obvious to you. Um, so it doesn't really affect. 
it doesn't affect the story that much. Just a couple of lines of dialogue, maybe. But um, yeah, it's pretty much it's pretty uh, straightforward in terms of a narrative. Not really going. How many hours? Uh, end up being. I'll have to go back and check my log, but I don't think it was any more than like ten or fifteen. Oh, okay, okay. So not not too long. Yeah, which is like pretty... long for a dancing game for sure. Yeah, <laughs> very long for Persona. Yeah, exactly. Very long for a dancing game, but not for Persona, as you said. Um, it was it was enough content for me because by the time I got to the end, I'm like, I feel good coming away from this. I like, I feel good. I, I don't feel like I was it drug out longer than it needed to be for it being um a rhythm and dance game. It was just mm-hmm. enough. It was everything that I wanted. It's basically a music game of persona fan service it's it's so good like all the remixes to the songs are incredible and i wouldn't have thought that certain songs would have been remixed the way that they were like i have a couple that are just my absolute favorites um but um yeah it's it's so much fun i one of my friends asked me um ian of the the koopa club podcast which you also should also listen to um, he was curious because he's just now playing Persona 4, just now getting around to playing it um, on the Vita, and was like, I really want to, I love rhythm games, and can I still enjoy Persona 4 Dancing All Night, having not played through Persona 4 all the way? And it's like 50-50 for me. Um, it's like, yeah, you can play it because it's like a self-contained story that's outside of the realm of uh, the canon of Persona 4. But it references back to the game on a regular basis to where it's like you would just miss out on a lot of different things because you didn't play Persona 4 or watch the anime. Like you would have missed out on, on a couple of different story cues because of it. Because they reference their, their time in the TV world. If you would understand what the TV world is if you didn't play Persona 4. But... um. Oh, huh. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, cause I've heard it's, it's definitely, like, approachable if you haven't watched. Yeah. Um, it is approachable, for if you sure. If have watched, watched or played it. But the TV world is a big deal, so yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, because they, they, they hark back to that on a regular basis. So, I mean, that's nothing that you couldn't obviously go and, like, pop in Google, what is the what is the Midnight Channel? Like, and yeah. which, which basically just gives you the outline of what the whole game is about. Um, then, yeah, that's fine, but... I think to really make the most of the experience, playing through Persona 4 would make it even better. But you can definitely play it yeah. and enjoy the music, the graphics, the the adorable costumes that you can get for the characters. And yeah, it's it's fun. It's a fun self-contained story, but you would get more out of it by playing Persona 4 prior. Also, Persona 4 is really good, so like you might yeah, well just play it. It's a really good game. One of the one of the best JRPGs that I've played in the past ten years. Ten, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's it's consistently. Um, I'm amazed at how many people I know that play Persona Four that don't play JRPGs, yeah, um, or don't even play video games often, but they, they fucking love that game. Like, I really need to finish it at some point. You got it, man. Um, so good. But uh, yeah, it's uh, everything I've played of it though is really really good. Yeah, and then still staying on the uh, on the JRPG train, I am having an absolute blast playing uh, Tales of Zestiria. I bought it on the PS4. It's available for PS3 as well if you don't have the PS4, which is awesome. Um, it looks really, really good on PS4. Um, even though I don't imagine visually it's going to look too much different on the PS3, but being mm-hmm. able to play it on the PS4 is just lovely. I'm, I really, I'm really enjoying it. However, I'm very upset that 
you can't even stream the game from the PS4 natively, like at all. Whoa, wait, what? Yeah. So, um, did it did it lock down the entire game for yeah. PS4? Really? Yeah, yeah. The game is completely locked That's down from streaming. Up. Yeah, it's completely locked down from being able to stream it directly from the PS4. You would have to plug it up through an Elgato to your computer to stream it. Um, and you can't even take screenshots. So That's you, fucked up. Why so you know how? That? Yeah. So you know how like when you get an achievement in in a PS4 game, how it takes a screenshot of when you make that achievement. Yeah. Every time I get an achievement in the game, it says like, "Oh, you got an achievement. You can't take a screenshot here." Every time. That's that's, it's, that's fucked up. It's, like it's, I've, it's really I've seen parts for sure in games where it's like, "Oh, like a uh, you know uh, video stream sharing is like uh, disabled for this moment or like whatever." Like uh, actually, Dragon Age, oddly enough, uh, says that like when the menu starts, and I think it's just a weird. However, they coded the game to like initialize things. Mm-hmm. Dragon Age is like, oh, you can't do any sharing right now. And then it immediately goes back. But that would happen every time you start Dragon Age Inquisition on PS4. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I'm curious if that's the only game that's 100% locked out that, from streaming. Yeah, and I, f- I feel like it's more of an issue from Japanese developers. Um, because there are a couple of like little nitpicky things that I'm really upset about with the U.S. version of Tales of Zisteria. The, the the biggest one, aside from the streaming thing, is the fact that they didn't get the the... the the license to use the uh, the vocals from the intro of the song, mm-hmm. like because the intro song is so hype. If you've ever heard it, it's really good. The song is called uh, um, "White Light," and it's really good. It's like it's like ah, uh, it sounds it's it's like a it's a lots there's lots of guitar riffs. It feels like very '90s anime to me, and like the woman is just like singing her heart out on the song. It's fantastic. So. Um, look it up. Like, this got a Tales of Assyria um, opening theme, Japanese. It's so dope. And so when I got the U.S. version of the game, and I'm, like, geared up, because I'm about to start singing along with my horrible understanding of Japanese, because, like, the game, because it starts out, it's like, na, 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 and, and it's, it's really, <laughs> it's really hype. I'm like, this is so good. Um, and... I'll, and then all I hear is wow now 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 and no na na na's. I'm like this is upsetting to me. <laughs> yeah, but it was just, just guitar. Yeah, just guitar riffs, which the guitar riffs are very good. But yeah, I'm, I'm upset that they couldn't get the rights to the song because um I guess because the song wasn't made for the game, it was a song from a Japanese like music group that they would have had to get the license for in addition to just bringing over the game for localization too. So they weren't able to get it. So they're just like, we're just going to use instrumentals. So womp womp on that and the streaming thing. But otherwise it's a really fantastic game. Um, It's a little bit unusual for a Tales game. And reason being, it's not unusual in a bad way. It's unusual because of the, of the setup. So this is the first Tales game to where when you do um, your battle encounters, it's actually right on screen where you are in the area map in the game because before mm-hmm. in previous games it would take you to like a battle arena themed after the area that you were in so if you were like in a green field you would get generic green field battle zone or if you were in a cavern you would get like most of the final fantasy games this is yeah. more like it sounds like what you're talking about is more like just action rpg you fight things in the in the open world that yeah. you're in yeah so like okay. you'll, you'll only see like a a monster and like and you'll and you'll like approach the monster and then like maybe five or six will pop out from that monster. 
Um, and then you'll you'll fight them in this in the actual area that you're in in the game. But it's still confined by a ring, which is which is really helpful because they can't just like run. You can't just run infinitely forever to try to fight monsters, so they're locked into like a specific space. And mm-hmm. it's cool because um, in prior Tales games, it's pretty much it kind of shifted to like a 2.5D um, battle plane, but now mm-hmm. it's full. It's full 3D, which is great. And but the controls still ve- feel very similar to previous Tales games in terms of button layouts and how to do moves and all that stuff. So it still feels very familiar, but it's really really fun. And the one thing about it too is that there are technically only two characters on screen and the two characters on screen are the two human characters in your game because the other mm-hmm. the other cast members are like magical or magical characters they're called seraphs or seraphim rather um and they reside within a vessel being the vessel being a human so when you are in battle they'll pop out so that you'll have a battle screen of four players and what's cool about that is that you can change which Seraph you have associated with you on the fly, which is really fun for when you want to mix up combos and stuff like that, because they're all based off of the different elements. So you have a, a Water Seraph, a Fire Seraph, a Wind Seraph, and an Earth Seraph, and you can switch between the two of them. And then the two human characters confuse with the Seraphs to become this, like, super powerful being with, like, giant anime hair and, like, oversized weapons and can do much stronger attacks. So it's it's really cool. It's been a really really fun game, and the writing, like they the localization for this game, feels almost on par with um, Nintendo Treehouse in terms of how they handle localizations. That's what I was gonna ask. Is it is it Treehouse level? That's sort of my like golden. Yeah, that's like my my what everything else can be measured against as far as localization goes. Yeah, I would say that this is like their. If if Nintendo was in charge of of localizing uh, Tales games, it's on that level. Like the writing mm-hmm. is really good, the voice actors are fantastic. Um, and what I've always loved about the Tales games is that there's a lot of voice dialogue in these games, not just on the cutscenes, but they have these little skits that happen when you're just like on the battlefield, like walking around the world map or whatever, and it's just like characters talking to one another about random stuff, like. Just, like, character development stuff, which is really, really fun. So you get to see characters kind of, like, throw shade at each other, and then they have their own little banter between one another. And then, like, the whole cast, like, interact with one another, talking about the next story events or whatever. But they throw in great little jokes, and um, the the script was localized really well. Like, the fact that there's a character in the game that I just encountered yesterday... um, He's saying something about, like, oh, well, you're part of our party now, this or that or whatever. And he's like... He's like, oh, can you handle it? He's like, I'm a grown ass man. I can, I can do this. <laughs> like, I, like, just something about pulling that line of dialogue from this Tales game that's in this kind of like fantastical anime world of knights and dragons and magical seraphs, and a guy saying that he's a grown ass man is really funny to me. So yeah, and that's great because normally, like, you would get uh, either with especially with anime stuff, like it's going to be a hyper polite reaction, mm-hmm. or it's going to be um, like the Yonki character who's like super rude about it. Yeah, but not necessarily that sort of like I don't know the it, that's so colloquial sounding, which yeah. I like. Yeah, it feels very very like tongue in cheek um, in terms of the writing, which is great. It's really smart writing. It's fun writing. Um, I love just listening to the characters talk to one another because the voice cast 
they got for the US version of the game is fantastic. It's mm-hmm. it's been a really really fun game. I I love the Tales series. Um people revere like Tales of the Abyss as being like one of the best ones. I've only played a little bit of Abyss, so I can't really confirm or deny that. But the last one that I played, which was the last one in the in the line of Tales games was Tales of Exilia 1 and 2. It's much better than both of those games. <laughs> so I'm really enjoying Zestiria a lot. So if you like a JRPG like me and Ruben, you should get on that. It's real fun. It's on PS3 and PS4. If you want to stream it, you better stream it through your PC. Oh, and it's, <laughs> and, oh, and it's on PC. Yeah, it's on PC oh, as well. Oh, weird. I didn't know that. Yeah, So yeah. you can just stream it directly from your PC if yeah, that's if the you, case. Though. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So it's on PC as well. I, I completely forgot about that. So, yeah. Um, I know that there's some, some co-op. Is that couch co-op only? Um, yeah, that's couch co-op only. And for me, um, um, just for some context, I, I'm an only child. So I, whenever, whenever I'm playing like JRPGs and stuff, I'm usually playing them by myself. So for me, playing a Tales game multiplayer seems kind of like a bit of an afterthought because the camera mm-hmm. always focuses on the player one, whoever's player one. So if you're playing with somebody, you wouldn't necessarily be able to see what your character is doing at all the times because the camera's kind of shifted on. So it's it's like the way that Sonic Two was co-op, whereas yeah. like someone could control Tails, but like the game doesn't really give a fuck about what Tails is doing. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, it's still there. Mm. Um, it's still um one to four players, which is awesome. But couch only. But um, I have I was talking to some of my friends on Twitter, and there and uh, one of my friends, he was saying that him and his brother played through Symphonia together, which I'm like, that's pretty cool. Like, no one was playing those games with me, so I didn't get to necessarily mm-hmm. experience that. But that option is still there. Which I think that's not going to go away from the Tail series anytime soon. Yeah, I have I have a, a couple of friends that played uh, one of the ones that was on GameCube, and they swore by playing it like four player co op that it was just like the best experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that might have been back when it was still a like mainly two D series, or at least like the way it, basically like the camera was less dynamic. Everyone yeah. was kind of on screen all, all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and man, yeah, like it's it's. Uh, I am definitely more. I mean, it's it's cool that they offer it at all, mm-hmm. but I'm sort of more interested in like a four per like give me give me the ability to do not just couch co op, but also like online co op. Yeah, and yeah, like let's get four people so that like no one's an NPC or no one's yeah. being controlled by the computer in the party. Yep, and like uh, have it kind of actionate. Like let's let's pull off combo moves together. Mm. Um, that's really what I would love to see out of sort of a more action-oriented RPG. Like, yeah. the, basically, it's what I would like to see Dragon Age do, that sort of style. Yeah. But with everyone being controllable. And actually, it's what, from the way that they're talking about it, what I wouldn't be surprised if the new Mass Effect does. Uh, just because I think about, like, how much fun Destiny is, like, doing these big missions with friends. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I kind of want that, like anytime all the time if i want to like, mm-hmm. i don't have to but like it just seems like more fun yeah and um i think we're actually going to get something like that with um with a xenoblade chronicles x coming out on wii u um it has online mm. four-player co-op um that you can do with your friends and i think it's you can just play the game together i don't think it's just like you can only do x amount of missions with somebody i think it's just full-on you could just do it just drop in, drop Just, out. That's awesome. Yeah, something like that. So um, that game comes out in the beginning of December, December 4th, I believe. Mm-hmm. So that's not very far. That's a little bit 
um, like we're about a month away, so I gotta get through Zestiria because I know that Xenoblade is going to be like a three hundred plus hour game. Oh my god, that's crazy! Pro- probably because like Xeno- Xenoblade in and of itself is really long. Um, so mm-hmm. I can only imagine that like all the side missions and all and how big the world is and all the stuff that you can do, it's going to be a huge, huge game. So I think I looked up my Destiny playtime recently. And I think it's about I'm like getting close to like 600 hours, which is to me insane. Damn, like I've never played son. a game. I've never played a game that long what? Uh, ever. But it's also like a game that has like new content, like yeah. every couple months there's new shit, and yeah. it's like my, it's a social thing for me. Yeah, and totally. I can't imagine playing a game that's a non-social thing. That like, all the content is right there for 300 hours. I mean, yeah. it's awesome, but I can't imagine that. Yeah. It's... But we'll see what happens well, yeah. when Fallout comes out in a weeks. Because <laughs> if, if there's a single player game that will like, make that happen to me, it's going to be Fallout for sure. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, um, that's pretty much all I've been playing. I have been playing a little bit of Woolly World, but that's kind of that's kind of like my sleepy time game. Where it's like, oh, I'll play, a couple, mm-hmm. I'll play like, two, like two or three levels. It's really cute and like not too crazy. The game is difficult, like. Don't get it twisted by how cute and pretty it is. It's it's a hard game. And there's a lot of shit to collect. But um, I haven't been playing it as much as I'd like to just because there's games that are more of what I'm looking for right now to play. So I'm trying to get through mm. these big JRPGs so I can move to the next one. But yeah, um, I think that's pretty much it in terms of what we've been playing. But um, there's um, there's a couple of things that um, that we pulled that we could kind of discuss. Um, do you want to talk about this uh, this new Quantic Dream game that's coming out? Uh, yeah, you know, honestly, let's, I would say, because I think we have some, like, pretty uh, juicy things that we can, like, have some discussion on. Yeah. So I'm just going to touch these couple things real quick. Yeah. Just that, like, Perfect. Uh, so Quantic Dream actually had a, um, they had a, it was a tech demo for the PS4, like, right when it came out, that everyone mm-hmm. was like, oh, this is amazing. It's this, like, Android girl being made and kind of becoming a self, uh, self-realizing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And they went ahead and they made a, um, uh, they finally made a game out of it called Detroit. Uh, which is interesting because I, I was just in Detroit, so like all the shots in the trailer, I was like, "Oh fuck, that's the stuff that's in the game." Like they actually yeah. like mapped out the city, and this is like that exact spot and like that statue. Um, and uh, it just looks. Quantic Dream does a really good job with their stuff, usually as far as storytelling goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, you know, it appears to be of the same vein, like uh, Heavy Rain and everything else, just with a big sort of. Um, it seems to have like a big morality question of like what what makes humans human, what makes an android not human or human? Should they be subservient, etc.? Um, basically, uh, Sony the Paris Game Show happened, and Sony just like dropped a bunch of stuff. So yep. um, we're getting Gravity Rush, Gravity Rush, the like one of the few really fantastic PlayStation Vita only games. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting a PS4 port, which is going to be really cool because yeah. that game's actually really fun. It is very fun and. We're getting a sequel for the PS4 that I'm really excited about just because it looks like they um, they made some really uh, really logical like leaps. Like in, in Gravity Rush, you just control gravity um, and like how you direct yourself around the level using it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks like in this, there's going to be different modes where it's like some gravity is like completely going off the ground. Uh, there's a, a type of gravity that makes you heavier. So yeah. like all of your attack stuff is stronger. Um, it just looks good and interesting. It does look good. Um, and, and there's more characters. I'm hoping there's a co-op because they introduced like a second character who has similar powers. So. Yeah, yeah. It was the the rival that's in the first game. She is now like your like I don't want to say bestie, but she's your co-op partner from what I understand, mm-hmm. which is dope. 
So it looks good. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a big gameplay trailer from uh, Horizon Zero Dawn that we saw a little bit of at E3. Mm-hmm. Um, the new gameplay trailer looks, I, I'm not going to say different. It just looks, um, the game looks way more monster huntery than it did in the E3 footage. Mm-hmm. And not in a bad way. It, it just, it makes, it looks like it's going to still be like a very heavily narrative based game, mm-hmm. but it looks like you're sort of, uh, your, your day to day kind of, combat as you traverse the world is going to be very monster huntery which is cool because yeah. i don't i don't know if i've seen a game that's sort of a big narrative story thing um that also has monster hunter style combat right um that's like you know actually setting up traps for animals and everything else mm-hmm. so it looks looks interesting yeah, and um, what I'm really excited about, and I know a couple of other people are excited about it too, um, Yokai Watch comes out this upcoming Friday, so the Friday being the 5th? 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 Wait, no. The 5th? Uh, uh, yeah, no, wait, Friday is the 6th. The 6th, the 6th, yes. Yeah, Friday is the 6th. Um, I'm really excited about that. It's a level 5 game, which, and it's, level 5 makes amazing games. If you played Yuno Kuni, you can already kind of know what to expect. Um, or any of the, the latent games are also level five and yep. they're fantastic. Yes, yeah. So it's a lot of it's all that goodness rolled into one, and yeah, it looks it looks great. Um, the U.S. ads for the game are a little goofy, but um, yeah, the anime has already been airing, and lo- it looks like the localization of the anime is being handled super well. But it sucks that it's on Disney XD, and that is not a cable channel, so I cannot watch the Okay Watch the anime. Um, but it looks really good from what I've seen. I think it's going to be a hit in the U.S. as well. There, Nintendo is definitely pushing it as it's going to be on par with Pokemon in terms of its popularity, with it having like the comics, the the TV show, and the game tie-ins. So we'll see. We'll see how it does. But I'm really excited about it. The demos on the eShop. If you haven't played it yet, um, give it a shot. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm going to download it at the moment. Um, my Stuff gets done transferring mm-hmm. from my old Zelda 3DS to my new Zelda 3DS because Ooh. I'm really trashy. <laughs> and uh, uh, I got the new one when it got released. Um, uh, which I guess I'll be playing the new Zelda. Uh, Triforce Heroes. Whatever the, new, whatever the name of it is. It's Triforce Heroes. I'll be playing that. Though I've, the reviews weren't very good for it. So I'm a little bit, uh, a little bit worried. So, uh, I've heard that it's like it, it's okay to play by yourself, but the moment you try to actually do the co-op stuff with it, uh, which is sort of the main like crux of that game, yeah. it falls apart really quick, which sucks. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely all about playing with two people in the room with you or with buds online and you're on Skype. Like It's definitely about that. And that's why I've been trepidations about getting it is because it's like, well, am I going to have two other people to be like, hey, let's do some missions in uh, Triforce Heroes real quick. And I don't know if I always think- have that. And I think I need to look up, but like the the uh, co-op abilities for it are really weird. Like, um, it's not like you can have one player or, or you, you can play it with one person, but it's not like you can play it with one person or actually, what is it? You can play it with one person or three people, but you can't play it with two people, I think. So if you play with two, you can be paired up with a, th- with a third. That's a random. So, but you can't. Oh, just okay. Play, yeah, you just can't so you play can't with two that. and you can't play with two and an NPC. It's like two people plus a random. Uh, but you can play with one and two NPCs. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which is weird to me because I think their 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 reasoning for not doing two 
and uh, a ra- a two and a, uh, a random NPC was like they weren't sure how best to have the two human players handle the third NPC. But mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know the f- fucking same way you do it when you're playing it by yourself. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the de- what the design philosophy was behind that, but uh, it's definitely interesting. So I know it kind of splits the the player base. It's like, oh, well, I really love Zelda, but well, uh, but like I don't know if that's gonna if that's gonna work or not. So yeah, it's. Uh, I'll, I'll probably have some impressions for you guys next next episode on that. I'm gonna definitely play it some, but uh, I'm gonna play that Yokai Watch though because I've heard really good things. Um, I think the preview embargo went up recently, so some stuff is filtering out about it. Yeah, um, it looks really, really good. I enjoyed every bit of it that I played. I'm ready for that to come out on Friday. It's pre-ordered. I'm going to dig deep into that game this weekend for sure. So many games I want to play that I don't have time for right now. Like, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't, gotten, uh, I haven't gotten Halo 5 yet, even though I really want to play it. Because I'm just like, I, I need to make sure I have time for it. Um, and uh, a couple other titles like that that I'm just like, I want to go buy this right now. But I, yeah. I don't have time yet. Yeah. So soon, soon, soon we'll have time to play the games. Because oh, we'll... Jesus! I, I just signed up for the uh, the Battleborn beta. Yeah. So that I think is like ready on my PS4, and I haven't played that yet. Um, I know the Overwatch beta is out there, which I haven't gotten a key for, but I'm sure I'll try to like scrounge one up. Mm-hmm. And I haven't played that. There's just uh, there's just too much going on right there... now. Fall's a fucking mess. Yeah, Fall's always a mess. But then we get that dry spell like in uh, Q1 of next year so it's like there might be one or two titles that come out in january and february but beyond that nothing major is no but that's the thing we don't we We don't don't this year january january is a little bit dry then february is fucking crazy yeah street fighter 5 does come out in february fuck yeah the like i think i think january is pretty dry but i think february is nuts if i remember correctly um like yeah there's no there's like no rest until i don't know maybe maybe summer We'll, um, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, yeah, I, I have no clue at this point. There's just too many good games and not enough time. Oh my god, let's see. I think like what? Yeah, January has like The Witness and Final Fantasy Explorers on 3DS and like Hyrule Warriors Legends on 3DS, so nothing major. Yeah. But February has like Battleborn, Firewatch, uh, Gravity Rush Remastered. Uh, oh, the new Naruto game. Yeah, Street That's Fighter Five, right. uh, Deus Ex. Is in February, as is Far Cry Primal, which are like on the same day, which is nuts. Oh, that's gonna be fun. There's a new Star Ocean. Like February is just really, really fucking. Wait, nuts what, next wait. Year. The new Star Ocean comes out in the U.S. in February, or in uh, Japan. According, uh, according to this, this could be wrong, but it's saying PS4 February 25th. Hmm. That I think that's that a could Japanese be date. I think that's a Japanese date for it. Okay, because yeah. this, this is off a of wiki, so that could be wrong. But we are we are for sure getting. Uh, Deus Ex Mankind Divided and Far Cry Primal mm-hmm. at the same time. We were going to be getting Mirror's Edge on that same date, and they pushed it, which is smart mm-hmm. because Mirror's Edge wouldn't have sold any games. Yeah. Against Deus Ex and, and Far Cry, it would, yeah. nothing would have happened with it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But um, I guess that's pretty much it in terms of like game stuff. But uh, yeah, we, we had some things that we could kind of dig into um, topics-wise. Um, so yeah, Let's, let, you know what? Let's talk about fandom. Let, let's talk about that.
Okay, so so fandom, right? Like, I like stuff. You like stuff. Like we we mm-hmm. both we both like stuff. There's stuff that yeah, I love some stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's um part of you normal know, stuff, butt stuff. Yeah, butt stuff. Uh, all of it. Yeah, <laughs> all kinds. <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and what's great is that you can meet someone that's like. I like that butt stuff. And then it's like, I like that butt stuff too. Let's be butt stuff friends or what or whatever. Like like fandom can bring people together that otherwise might not necessarily have anything in common that you might see face to face. So it's it's both a blessing and a curse with fandom because mm-hmm. I feel like it can bring together and also divide people when you both like the exact same thing. And I say this because I'll use competitive Smash as an example, um, because there are a couple of different camps with with this game in particular. Um, it's like the camp of people that like, oh, Smash Brothers is so much fun. Like me and my best friends play with all the items on and like all the crazy stages and whatever, and just have a really good time. And then there's a subset of people that are like, I fucking hate that game with items, but like I love the Nintendo and I love the characters and I love playing that game, but it's just all based on skill. It's all based on like, how good are you with that particular character? So people like that play more of a competitive play style. Like you see in tournaments, stuff like that. I mean, the, the, the smash joke for, for ages has been like no items, Fox only like that's the pure way to play it. Right. Um, uh, which is ridiculous. <laughs> there is that sort of, um, and this happens in any fandom, but you do mm-hmm. you, like people try to, uh, create. They try to stratify like how you're supposed to enjoy it, as opposed right. to just like letting people enjoy it. So like, yeah, I mean, if you want to play it super competitively and like no items and uh, you know, like, and I don't know if there's any. You could actually tell me this, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, I know in most most Smash tournaments I see, it's pick any character you want, but mm-hmm. the items are off, mm-hmm. and stages are always Omega stages. Um, are there Smash tournaments that are like item on and Omega and and like item on and dynamic stages on because uh, you know i know it's not like the pure Mm -hmm. it it adds a level of it adds chaos and randomness to it Mm -hmm. that i get why you wouldn't want that in one type of tournament because that tournament rewards your pure skill as a player right Right. um but there's something that i think would would be really fun to watch about Mm -hmm. like the chaotic version and also Mm -hmm. i think it's a different skill of like like having now you're not just managing each other in space scene and your players and your combos and like how your matchup is against a different mm-hmm. type of character, mm-hmm. but you're managing like, okay, cool. I know this stage does this shit. So these are vulnerable places for me to be. And I know mm-hmm. that like, if I see this item hit the ground, I need to change my tactics. Like, I mm-hmm. think that's also an interesting different meta. Yeah. Um, so there, there isn't anything in terms of competitive smash sets like that. I will say that in the beginning days of competitive melee is that year one, they were playing with items. Like that was that that happened, but there's a level of uncontrolled variables that that make it an, a not fair experience for both the players that are fighting one another when it's about when it's a tournament about skill. The last thing you want is like something random hitting you on the head and then like, oh well, you didn't even lose to the person, you lost to the stage. And there's just goofy stuff in Smash Brothers to where like that that's going to happen regardless. There's some goofy stuff. Mm-hmm. But um there are stages that are as they are in the game that are playable in tournament. And that's typically the stages that don't have hazards. So you'll see yeah. like battlefield, which has like multiple platforms or, um, 
or Kirby's Dreamland, which has the three platforms similar to Battlefield, but the only kind of like hazard is the wispy willow that's like blowing the wind either in either direction in the stage. But since that's since that's the only variable that changes within that stage, it's a tournament legal stage. Um, depending on which rule set that uh, that the tournaments are going with, um, there are stages that have transformations. So Delfino mm-hmm. Plaza, um, Castle Siege from Fire Emblem, and uh, what else? What's the other transforming stage? And um, Halberd from uh, from Kirby. Those are three stages that have vastly different different uh, stage elements that happen mid match. But since those stage elements are in a are in a set order, those um, there's a level of oh well, it's going to be the same three things every match. Like that's not going to mm-hmm. change. So the ones that have the least amount of things changing, um, that are just naturally in game as they are, will let you you can pick those stages. But if it's like if we're if we're talking about stages that have like shit flying from the sky, which like some of them do, mm-hmm. like those stages aren't legal. So so yeah. basically, what we're saying is you know like. And I think this is interesting mm-hmm. to like make a, a clear point, and this is a good example of Smash, is mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with enjoying Smash right. in a competitive tournament style mm-hmm. way that like people would consider the pure way to play it. Mm-hmm. But there's there's nothing wrong with that. But right. you shouldn't shit on people that enjoy that thing in a different way, which might exactly. be just like very casually, yeah. all items on, whatever. And this extends to this extends to like uh, so many other fandoms. It's mm-hmm. also why and it's weird to me because, like, as nerds, I think all of us remember what it was like to get bullied when we were young for, like, liking stuff. Yeah. Um, or, like, maybe, maybe like, nerds don't get bullied in school for, like, liking nerdy stuff as much anymore because nerd is so mainstream. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, but, like, I'm sure they still do. They get bullied for something, I'm sure, because there's always kids bullying people for some reason because kids are fucking terrible. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, but, like, um, you know, it just seems so weird to me that as a group, that prides itself so much on like, uh, you know, we were outsiders and we were mm-hmm. counterculture and mm-hmm. we were everything else. Um, and we just wanted to be accepted that the moment we start having things that cater to us that we enjoy, we gate them to everyone else. And yeah. it's why the gaming industry is so toxic towards, mm-hmm. um, women and minorities. Mm-hmm. Um, it's why so many fandoms are toxic to anyone who, doesn't like absolutely love that fucking fandom right uh it's why it's why if you offhand mention that like you like video games you know and you're a girl there's that there's that like thing we always say we're like guys are like oh you don't really play games oh you do well then like tell me like what the original name of super mario 2 is because it wasn't really a mario game yeah. uh, So like what's the japanese original name game and i'm just like okay dude well whatever like right. just because you don't know that shit's doki doki panic or something mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're not a gamer right you don't enjoy games right um and that's that's a toxic shitty side of fandom in a lot of ways mm-hmm. yeah and i guess kind of what really spurred this conversation that we wanted to have about it was the whole issue that happened with steven universe and i adore that show so much it's, it's amazing it's, it's a, amazing. It's such a fantastic show. If you're not watching Steven Universe, you totally should. Buy the season passes on Amazon, iTunes, Google, whatever, whatever, whatever platform it's available on for you to take it in and just enjoy it. Do it. It's so good. It's by far one of the most progressive pieces of programming. Yes. That's yes. that's mm-hmm. that's intended for kids, but obviously people that are in their in their thirties also enjoy too because it's people it's being created by people that are our age that are influenced by a lot of the same things or grew up with a lot of the same viewpoints and all that stuff too. It's wonderful. It's a great show and it has a really great message. And, what and I think that's what makes 
this story so depressing in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Is because Steven Universe is, I mean, besides just being like really fucking funny and sweet and well done and well, like just beautifully crafted as a show Mm -hmm. and like one of the most progressive and inclusive shows I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that makes what happened in the fandom recently, like even all the more uh, disgusting, frankly. Yeah. Um, And just to keep it, to keep it relatively short so we can kind of talk more about our opinions on on this. Um, so basically what happened was there is a girl, um, her her handle online is Zammy, and she draws Steven Universe fan art, which is awesome because I love seeing people interpret characters in their own styles. I think it's awesome to see that because everybody has a little bit of a slightly different perception of what of what a character looks like, and I think that's what makes the world go around, and I think that's amazing. Um and Steve Universe is very like um body positive shows like there are characters that are bigger that are smaller that are with like vastly different body types and vastly different um uh opinions on gender and and all of that stuff which is fantastic and colors and like colors. like all colors yeah. yeah yeah um it's 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 great but then it just got really really ugly because Zami drew a character in a different way, and she basically attempted suicide after being bullied by members of the fandom who felt that her art was problematic. In a bizarre turn of events prompted by these um, ensuing debates over what kinds of fan art are acceptable, some fans have now turned even against the show's creative team, including Rebecca Sugar, which, mm-hmm. which, what? Like, it doesn't make any sense. So um, I'm taking a little bit of excerpts from this Daily Dot article that, um, that Aja Romano wrote about the whole issue. Um, so yeah, it basically, she was just doing fan art. And basically what it says here is that Zami caused... Um, it all started last week when fan artists going by the name of Zami caused a scare on Tumblr when she posted that an apparent final note to her Tumblr, but then disappeared for three days. When she reemerged, it was to post a tearful video that she claimed... Um, was being filmed at a hospital where she said that she was getting the help that she needed because she had attempted suicide. And mm-hmm. the reason why she attempted the suicide was because people were coming down on her for drawing a character not exactly the way that they draw them in Steven Universe. So And like Yeah. And I wanna be like clear this I mean any any bullying online for mm-hmm. sure is like fucked up and stupid and if you're doing it, fucking stop. Like yeah. right now. Because it's awful. Yeah. Uh and if you're not doing it, good job. Um <laughs> but yeah. like any any amount's terrible, but this was specifically um, because she drew these characters, you know, uh, different. She drew Rose Quartz, who in the show is a um, uh, a much like thicker, bigger woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, she drew her in a way that people thought was um, skinnier, so they accused her of fat shaming. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she drew Garnet a couple times with the skin tone. Uh, Garnet is, uh, you know, technically like she's a gem, so a crystal gem. They're they're aliens. And but I think Garnet in the show definitely reads to me as African American, um, and I think that's on purpose. Uh, and she drew Garnet with a slightly lighter skin tone, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't, and, you know, whitewashing does happen, but I wouldn't even call it that. It was just slightly lighter. And like uh, I think the the main offending thing was the rose quartz thing, but people just you know started like uh, accusing her of being racist and this and that. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just that; like forty separate hate blogs. Like, that literally were just there to post her shit, mm-hmm. like, and spread how much, like, how wrong it was, were made. 
So these are like 40 different independent people went through the trouble of making 40 different independent Tumblr blogs just to trash on this girl. Yeah. Um, and then like go and like dig up old shit she had done. And I guess like she had uh, one of the things is like I guess she had done some uh, she had done a commission or some like uh, she hadn't done commission for this guy years ago. And uh, they had dug up and found out that like this guy had been accused of like pedophilia at some point like after that. And then she had been going through like one of her um, I guess what she had been going through her art and like came across that piece. And I think it was before she knew this guy got accused of whatever mm-hmm. um, and like just had to redo it. And people were like, oh, whoa, you're still friends with the pedophile because you're still doing this art. And she's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking like just all this weird shit. And that's like there's this sort of insane witch hunt mentality that happens yeah um on tumblr and like the internet in general but i think tumblr's really bad about it and like by all means like i'm very progressive and like if you call me a social justice warrior i don't get upset because i don't think it's that bad of a thing Mm -hmm. but there's this weird i i I think anytime you're on either side of the spectrum of these things like it's bad and i think you have like the sort of gamergate style side that's just like uh, you know, the PC police, SJWs, you should, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one really shitty side of it. Yeah. And I think on the other side, you have this, like, weird Tumblr um, culture of people that are young and I think don't quite understand these concepts the way they think they do. Mm-hmm. And they're just full of, like, misplaced sense of justice where yeah. if someone... Fu- like, even if, if someone doesn't even fuck up and they think they fucked up... Um, or you, or you do fuck up a little bit. Like it's not just letting that happen. It's going through your entire life that they can find online mm-hmm. and dredging up any possible thing from your past that you did that was like remotely bad or shitty or stupid. Yeah. And like I know, like I've fucked up stuff in the past for sure. Yeah. Um. So like, yeah, I wouldn't want that stuff coming back up but they do this to everyone yeah and it's this weird like fucking witch hunt and it's fuck it's just toxic and fucked up and they right. take great pride in doing it and like ruining people's lives and like calling their work and telling them these terrible things or like linking them to erotic art they may be drawn at some point um yeah when a lot of the steven universe crew came out and was like yo people should just be able to make fan art or whatever they want to do as long as they're not harming people or whatever right um they went after one of the uh, Ian. I think it was Ian JQ, like one of the creators. Yep, yeah, he's they a went creator. After him really hard. Yep. Um, and then Rebecca Sugar, like way, way, way back, did some like erotic art of Ed and Betty. Yeah. And um, and it's like not anything like even like remotely. I don't know. It's not that bad. And uh, they went after her and started reposting it and being like, oh, "Rebecca Sugar's a pedophile because she drew sexy art of like underage dudes and like all this stuff." And I was like, you know, this is the person that created the show that they're in the fandom for that brought them all together. Yeah. And they are like actively witch hunting the creator of it. Yeah. Um, about something that they did like forever ago. Right. That isn't relevant anymore, you know? Um, and I don't know. I, when I see that shit, like, again, if I was a creator, that's the moment when I'd be really tempted just to like pull the plug. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, cool. You, you just don't this awesome, this thing that like you love so much that you like really seem to enjoy. Um, you don't get it anymore because right. you don't know how to handle it. And you don't know what, like any of the lessons that I'm, I've, you've gleaned from my show previously mm-hmm. that you've talked about, about love and compassion and everything else. Yeah. You don't understand at all. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Man, I, yeah, it gets me fired up. I fucking hate seeing that shit. Yeah, it drives me crazy. And like, as someone that is a creator and that happens to be a person of color, like I've had, I've had people that label themselves as social justice warriors come after me, and they're like, "Well, you're black, so like, why aren't you drawing like all black?" One, like, I don't owe you an explanation. Two, I can draw whatever I want, and and that's fine. Like, I I don't have to justify what what it is that I'm drawing to you for for any reason. So back off and of course i blocked said person so that's not that hasn't happened to me again this was like two or three years ago at this point and it hasn't ever happened to me again but what i think is really unfortunate by what this does for people from the outside looking in that have heard about steven universe that see their friends talking about it on twitter talking about it on facebook or whatever and they're like oh i just heard about this shit I'm going to stay way far away from this stuff now because I don't want to go anywhere yep. near it if these are the type of people that are going to be involved in it. And that's unfortunate because the content of makes, the show is, is so mm-hmm. good. And it makes it hard, I think, to fight against, um, you know, when you do have the other the other side of this argument mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, doesn't want progressive stuff and doesn't whatever. Mm-hmm. They see this and they're like, see, like, these people are eating themselves. It's a fucking Ouroboros and they're just, they're eating themselves mm-hmm. because uh, nothing's ever good enough and nothing's ever progressive enough. Right. And, and, all, and it's just, it just makes the entire, it makes all of the good that you think you might be doing just look fucking shitty and look bad. And it, it, mm-hmm. it, it just sucks. Like, and I feel like this happens all the time. Like, uh, my girlfriend, like, my, she's an artist. And, like, mm-hmm. some of the art she does is erotic. Mm-hmm. And she has had people be like, yo, it's not cool that, like, you draw this character in, like, an erotic fashion. And as a character who is of, like, legal age, by mm-hmm. all means, to draw. Mm-hmm. And, like, and like even if it's even if it's an OC, if it's a character that she's drawn, that's one of her own. Uh, people are like, yo, it's not okay that you draw this, like, sexy character. Like, they're obviously underage. And so she's like, hey... And like, and what the or, or they'll be like, you know, um, if they don't say that she's underage, they'll say like, uh, you know, like she's she has like a child's body. And my girlfriend is like, I have a child's body. Like, you can't tell yeah. me like, she's like, my body is very much like a kid's. Like, just because I'm not drawing huge titties on all my OCs mm-hmm. doesn't mean they're kids. Right. She's like, if you know, if you're drawing like, if you're drawing fucked up underage shit, then yeah, that's a problem, and there's something wrong with that. Yeah. Um. But it's just weird that like people will go after you and attack, and it you know it it frankly like it stifles artists from mm-hmm. actually doing the shit they want to do and enjoy, or mm-hmm. even sharing it. Yeah, because I know that I have friends that um, if they make spicier art, are deterred from posting it places and posting it in general, or even just doing it because someone's going to give them shit because they're going to try to extrapolate something that they think is like really wrong about it when there's nothing wrong with it. Right. Yeah. Like it's like, we're in this really weird time to where it's like, like everything is always up for critique. Like as an artist and when you put your work out there in general, like if you're putting out any kind of content, it's, it's up for critique and that's fine. But Ian, Ian JQ actually posted something about it. And he was like, fan artists can create whatever art they want. And for everyone that has the freedom to criticize it for any reason, However, bullying is not criticism. And it's not. Yeah, like, it's not. It's not. Yeah, so like going after somebody... Like, like discussion. You, yeah. you can have discussion for sure. Yeah. And I think discussion's important. Yeah. But uh, like calling someone's place of work uh, or sending erotic art that they've made to their boss uh, is like you're just trying to ruin someone's life and right. you're getting some weird like satisfaction that you are doing like mm-hmm. a just thing. And you're yeah. not. You're right. just being a shithead. Like you're being... You're being uh, 
a terrible person and you're being just as bad as the other side of the spectrum that you constantly cry out against. Right. Like you are no different than them in that case, in my opinion, at least. Yeah. Like no, when you get so far on the other side, you, you're the same sort of shit mm-hmm. and you're propagating the same sort of bad behavior and bad stuff that makes the internet like a really shitty cesspool all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's like, it's funny. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I just, it's, it's just, there's a, there's a, there's a website. I think it's anime Mario. Maybe it's basically like the onion, but for like, like Japanese anime news stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, they had a really interesting and funny article uh, that I thought was interesting. Where it was, um, it was, uh, like Western, Western audiences, uh, Western audiences, uh, continue to condemn like Japanese sexualization of young fictional characters. Uh, while they, I can't remember the name that like the headline was, but it was like basically tongue in cheek about the West condemning Japan's uh, sexualization of young female characters versus the West uh, doing that to actual real young women all the time. Right. And I'm not saying that like you know I'm not saying we should like sexualize young fictional women mm-hmm. all the time because I think that there's certainly damaging shit about that. Yeah. But it's also like when you like point fingers like that yeah dude like america's fucking terror i mean look at fucking britney spears like every poster like a dude had of britney spears when she was at the height of her game when she was for sure underage she was sexualized like crazy because someone was making money off of that yep like her managers or whatever else and you know that's like it's just it's so easy to point fingers at shit and it's stupid Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's really annoying. And like, and here's the thing. It's like, if you don't like the way that somebody drew something, don't look at it. Like, yeah, like you're, that's all that you have to do. But like when, if, if, when you're sitting there looking at a piece of fan art that somebody drew and you just don't happen to like the way that person drew that character, you're allowed to have that opinion. And that's fine. Like I get shit all the time where people are like, your art style isn't anime enough. And I'm like, okay. And then, <laughs> and then like, like somebody was like, oh, like, the way that you drew Pikachu was really shitty on that Smash Brothers shirt with Robin on it. And I'm like, that's your opinion, and that's fine. Like, yeah, cool. Like, you can say whatever you want about it. That's cool. Like, but, like, coming at me with, like, a pitchfork and trying to, like, burn him at the stake for drawing this character not on a model with how it looks in the game. I'm not trying to replicate the style of the game. I'm drawing it the way that I would draw. And Zami There's was, this yeah. weird... There's this weird sense online of like if you post something online, everyone's like, "Oh, it's fucking, in, it's in the public now, so you should just be ready to take whatever public criticism comes your way." And I'm like, "No, no, that's not how it works." Like, yeah. that's like, I don't know, if you have uh, an art show and yeah. you put your art up at a gallery and you're there because it's your fucking like gallery show, mm-hmm. and I go up to you and I'm like, "Hey, uh, that painting that you did, this and this and this is wrong with it, and that painting over there looks like shit." And if I just like you would, you wouldn't like stand for that. Yeah. Like, no person in their right mind would be okay with that. And no person in their right mind would think that's okay. It's fucking rude. Yeah. Um, I for sure will, like, go through my dash or wherever else and I'll see some art or I'll, I'll read a fanfic or something else where I'm just like, man, that's shitty. Or I'll be like, ah, oh, there's some, like, kind of fucked up stuff in here that I'm not super comfortable with. Yeah. And that's as far as it goes. Yeah. It doesn't need to go. That's, that's like, that's where my opinion is. Yeah. Same. And that's it. Yeah. And you know what? Like, if you really, like, want to vent it out, Type it out in a reply and then delete the reply and never send it. Like, yeah. I have so many friends that do that actually just to get the uh, get it out of their system. Yeah. I uh, like, there's just no, I don't know, there's just no reason for us to all be shitty to each other. Like, right. 
at all. Yeah, um, it doesn't make sense to me. And um, something that I read in response to this whole shit show that's been happening with Steven Universe, it's like, all right, you don't like the way that somebody drew something. Cool. Then when your mind goes somewhere to where it's like, I'm going to shit on this person's whole world. Like, what are you gaining by doing that? Like, what, what do you benefit from by tearing somebody else down that wants to foster their own creativity and create something and share it with people? Like, like what benefit do you get from tearing somebody down? And if, if the benefit, if the person says to themselves, that's like, oh, well, it makes me feel better when I shit on people. It's like, dude, you have a fundamental problem at your core that you are not happy. And that if you're the only source of your happiness is by shitting on other people that happens to create content because of creating things makes them happy and they're posting it on the forums where, you know, they can collaborate with other artists or whatever that even looks like. Like, that's something really fucked up about that. There's something really, really fucked up about that. That's, you should really reevaluate it. Like, yeah, I always sort of, and you know, it might not be the case, yeah. but I always assume that this is maybe younger people that you know, because like when I was when I was a teenager, I posted dumb shit and did dumb shit on the yeah, internet yeah. all the time. Did, we all did. Um, it's just the internet when I was a teenager wasn't quite as like public and pervasive, so mm-hmm. not everyone saw it immediately. Right. Um, but. It's like who when I see this shit, I'm like, how like what are you doing with your life that you have the time right. to like dig into this person's past and find things to shame them about and everything else? And yeah. also like what a fucking you could be using that time to create something. Like right. if you seriously have an issue with this thing, right. then create your own thing. Right. Create your own thing that you think fixes the issues there yeah. instead of bitching about it. Right. Like the only thing you're getting by ruining someone's life is this smug sense of self self accomplishment. And if your sense of self worth and self accomplishment is built on the destruction of like the lives of other people who aren't doing anything wrong. Like you're a fucked up person and you need help. Yeah. And, and you're going to be, and you're going to be and that, that might be a bit strong, but like at the very least, you're going to be an unhappy person because that's like, that's a terrible foundation to build any sort of sense of self identity and like self worth on. Yeah. Like make your make yourself worth based on who you are as a person, how awesome that you can be, right? And what awesome things you can't create. Like mm-hmm. we all have the ability to put positive shit out there and make cool stuff. Yeah. And you know, if you're not happy about how something is handled in a medium that you love, then be a part of the change to make that thing be handled better. Yeah. Um. That's why it's like I love that there's so many female developers in games right now. Uh, trying to make games that have like more female representation Um, or just like, you know, even not just from women, but like from everyone in the industry that's trying to make more games that have better representation of everyone, uh, gender, race, uh, all of it. Um, Because it's people actively wanting to make those things better. And Mm -hmm. if you are going to stand in the way of that, when it's not doing anything bad to the medium, you're just being a dick. Like, yeah. why get in the way of people wanting to put positive shit out there? Right. Like, that's that's all you're doing. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Those. Yeah. It's it's sad, but um, I I really do hope that um for Zami's sake that she takes all the time that she needs to 
to get better, to get into a really positive headspace again. And I do hope that she does continue to, to create content in the future. And even though that what happened to her was really, really shitty, and I know that would deter me from wanting to create any kind of content for a little bit, like whether that little that little bit is relative to a day, a week, a month, however long, like I, I, I as someone that's a creator and as someone that just wants to put out work for people to enjoy that makes them happy and and all that stuff not only for myself but for others that she still continues to do that for herself even if she still creates art and doesn't post it online i still hope that she does not stop what she's doing as an artist because i've seen her work and it's fantastic and i hope that she continues to do that because she should because she has a lot to offer she has a lot of talent and i never want to see people who have so much talent so much to offer like be stifled by the thoughts of others because that stopped me yeah, I mean, so many times before in the past like me letting what other people said about my own work define my self-worth as a creator and that's mm-hmm. not the way that's not the way like Mm-mm. you determine you determine that for yourself you determine that yeah. nobody the only person that's going to get away of your own development is going to be you don't let the, the fucking bullshit that anyone says to you about your content, about your art, about your, your writing, about your music, like create your shit, like, and just do your own thing. And the people will come that love and support what it is that you're doing. Don't ever stop yeah, doing and, that. Yeah. And there'll be people that come, you know, and I think that like, I can approach it as like from a realist, yeah. like in the stuff that you create might not be great initially, yeah. Yeah. but like, keep doing it. Like, yeah. fuck knows. Like I can't, I can't draw at all i have no artistic talent <laughs> as it is but every so often i pick up like a pencil and paper because it makes me happy just yeah. to sketch out something no matter how terrible it is yeah. um and you just keep doing that and you know if you want critique you'll ask people that will right. Right. uh will tell you helpful things in mm-hmm. a non-abusive way absolutely um that's like a really important thing and yeah. the internet's really bad at that yeah uh creation is probably the coolest thing humans can do yeah like and it's like well, it's like animals can only sort of do it, and only some of them can. Like, like what makes humans so interesting as animals here is that we get to create, and mm. we get to just imagine things and make cool shit. Yeah, and then we get to put it out and be like, hey, if you happen to like this thing that I like, so and that I made, uh, like, read it, share it, watch it, listen to it, do whatever. Yeah, and that's fucking cool because you're just putting good shit out there. Yeah. Um. So just I don't know all that time people are taking to tear shit down and be angry about things just it's okay to be angry it's yeah. okay to be upset it's okay to not like things yeah but don't let that be where you put all of your energy exactly take some of that energy and put it towards creating right right and and uh me and i've I've had this conversation with a lot of my buddies that create anything and creating anything art music writing whatever it's it's a catharsis because it's like it's everything that you're pulling from within yourself. You're pulling things from your experiences, from from your imagination, from your point of view, and then you're collecting that and then articulating that, whether it's a visual piece, whether it's a piece of music or an illustration, a comic, um, what um, a, um, a, a set of prose, whatever whatever it is, and you're putting it you're putting it out there for it to be judged. Um, there is a part of you that's like oh, well, by them not liking it, that means they're not liking a part of me because you put yourself into your work and you... Um, I, I don't want to say you have to compartmentalize things, but what you have to do as a creator is 
everything comes through a filter. Like everything needs to be filtered through and sift through and you take the good and then throw away the bad. And that's going to vary by person to person. So whenever, whenever someone says to me like, oh, I don't necessarily like the way that you, you executed this because of X, Y, and Z. If someone can actually articulate why they didn't like something, more the better for me because it's actually potentially actionable feedback that I can take and then make the next thing even better. But like, tell me since you don't like something just for the just for the sake of not liking something, that doesn't do me any good. So I'm not going to take that with any. I'm not going to take that with anything. I'm going to let that be mm-hmm. whatever it is. Let it rock and then move forward. So if there's anything that can be anything positive that you can take from even a negative experience, even something that's people just like bagging on your art or whatever for, oh, they don't like the way that you draw noses or they don't like the way that you draw feet or whatever that looks like or whatever it is, like there's some there's something to be said about consistent feedback about something about your work that maybe you should work on and then there's bullshit you just got to find out where the bullshit is and then filter all that out and then take the good and focus on that and it's hard it's something that people learn by doing and by continuing to do those things that it is, that they want to create and making those things you'll be so much better served for that in the future when you keep doing it and being resilient to any kind of hate that comes your way like over the past like year and a half or so like a lot more people notice me on the internet for stuff like whether it's smash stuff art stuff me just being me on the internet i've had hella people like try to come for me and like talk hella shit about me and all that stuff and does it hurt sometimes totally it does like i'm not gonna sit here and pretend like i don't have feelings and nothing bothers me like that's that that's not that's not being human that's being a robot if i could be a robot that'd be awesome um but it's like stuff like that happens and you have to take the good from whatever that is and i'm always been been of the of the um of the mindset that you're always going to have someone that hate, that's going to be hating on you if you're doing something right like and anytime that i get a piece of negative feedback from someone i usually get 15 to 20 positive um, words of, of feedback and enforcement from various people or even randoms. So you just have to keep going. You have to keep pushing. You have to keep creating. You have to keep developing and honing your craft. Like it never ends. You never stop. You just got to keep doing it. So, and I hope Zami continues to create. I really hope that she does. DJ, this has been a very special episode. It's been uh, very special. <laughs> <laughs> It has. It's been very special. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun today. But let's talk about something serious. Yeah, now. Let's, let's, get, let's get super real, real quick. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think. Oh, I think that's, um, we'll talk about. We'll talk about just to give you a peek. Uh, next episode, um, besides our games as usual, uh, I'll probably talk about a uh, Boku no Hero Academia, yeah. or I think in America it's just uh, My Hero Academia, mm-hmm. which is a manga that I read. Um, all of the current chapters for in the course of like two or three days. Yeah. 65 chapters. Damn. Uh, like I said before, I think earlier in the podcast, if you like Naruto or Harry Potter or just superheroes, it's fucking great. Nice. So good. Um, and the art's fantastic. And yeah, it's really good. So I uh, will talk about that next episode. Um, uh, I should have some gameplay impression stuff from Triforce heroes. Yeah. Um, hopefully some Battleborn. Um, Maybe some Halo. 
uh, and hopefully a couple other things for you guys next time. Yeah, and hey, and if you don't get to do all that stuff, we could honestly just talk about anime the whole show. Um, I, we still need to. I need to tell you how good One Punch Man is this season. Yeah, we need to talk uh, about it. How good Gundam uh, Iron-Blooded Orphans is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple other things this season that are really good. So, yeah, we got stuff. And yeah. please, always make sure if you guys have questions, uh, email us. Or just like whatever. If you just want to email us, uh, email us at, uh, was it, is it thejoystickjockeys mm-hmm. at gmail.com? Yep, that's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The joystick jockeys at the joystick jockeys at e, uh, God, I can't even talk. The joystick jockeys at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, to send in any questions or comments you guys have. Please. Uh, make sure to uh, rate and review us on iTunes because that helps more people to listen to the show mm-hmm. uh, and spread the word about it. Yes. Um, you can get me on Twitter uh, at Rubots at R O O B O T S. Uh, please, dear God, if you're reading. Um, my Hero Academia, tweet me about it because I want to talk to people about it real bad. Um, yeah. And like general weeaboo shit. Feel free yeah. to tweet that shit at me. Uh, you can get DJ at. Yeah, you can get me at uh, oh, hey DJ at, on Twitter. Um, please. Uh, yeah, you want to talk about weeb shit too? You can hit me up about that. We can talk about it all day. Um, I watch a lot of old stuff, but I've been watching One Punch Man. I started watching Haikyuu so uh, as well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm watching Punchline. I'm oh punchline oh fancy city mm-hmm. yeah I'm watching punchline punchline's really fun though it's, it's really really fun. it's really really fun um what else am I watching um I'm always watching Sailor Moon because that's what I do all the time um I'm watching all of Ronimo and Half again so yeah like I, lo- I love a lot of the old stuff but I am watching a lot more new stuff because there's a lot of really good new stuff that's out there and hopefully we can get um some people from Crunchyroll on the show with us too, because that'd be so amazing so that we can talk about that at nauseum. But yeah, um, find us both on Twitter. Um, we are on that shit all the time. Um, please write into us at the joystickjockeys at gmail.com as Ruben said before. We'd love to hear what you guys have to say if you're interested in being on the show with us to just shoot the shit and talk about video games and anime and whatever else. Please let us know. We'd love to have you on as a guest. And uh, yeah, it's been a really fun and intense show. We'll hit you with something a little bit more light, lighthearted next week. Um, next episode, rather. And, uh, yeah, we love you guys. And thank you guys so much for bearing with us in um, our little um, extended break as we were off. But we are back and on schedule. All that good stuff. Yeah, I was, I was busy eating ramen in L.A. Suckers. <laughs> so good. So oh, tasty. Man. So good. But, um, guys, thank you so much for joining us again for another episode. We love you. And we will see you next time. Yep. Bye. Bye. Here's an extra special treat, some bloopers from this episode. Enjoy. DJ? Yeah. Oh, hey, now you sound good. Yay! Yeah, I'm not going to attempt to turn on the video this week because I don't, I, it's just freaking out every time that I try it. Every time that I try to do video, it's like, oh, you're not on the internet. But I'm like, yes, I am. I'm looking at stuff right now. I forgot. Please go to Nintendo Arcade settings and system settings. Please. Fucking God. Uh, Damn so, it. So, wait, so you're just trying to do system transfer, so you don't necessarily need to even plug anything up to the computer. Or do we... No, I'm not. I'm not even. I'm not even trying to right now. Like I'm just. I'm. I'm. 
literally it, it's because I don't remember my my network ID. Oh, uh, for, or the, the password for my Nintendo network ID. Okay. So I'm I'm doing that right now, but <laughs> to for, for some fucking no format. No, I don't want to format. God damn it. Uh, data management. I don't. I don't even know. Where the system right. tra- are you trying to find the system transfer thing? No, no, I know. I know where that is too. <laughs> the oh. problem. My poor baby is struggle busting it right now. <laughs> it's like I'm just I'm on the struggle bus, having a hard time. <laughs> just God damn it! So wait, is it internet? No, data management. Data management. Maybe it's. Nintendo 3DS. No, that's not it. Internet settings. That's probably not it. I just want. I just want other settings. Profile 3D. I'm pretty sure. Like, if you forget it, if you forget your password for your network ID, you can reset it through the 3DS or something like that. Probably. Nintendo doesn't believe that my email has an account attached to it. And maybe it doesn't. Maybe I'm super wrong about this. But... So have you made many uh, many purchases, like digital oh, purchases God. on your 3DS? Transfer from a system in the 3DS. Yes. And then uh, send from the system. Next. And then it's like, ah, oh, your ID is Rubots with an S. That's cool. That is true. Mm-hmm. I forgot. Please go to Nintendo Network ID settings and system settings. Okay. So Nintendo Network ID settings and system settings. I believe in you. So, oh, 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 wait, why why is that a button? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking. (laughs) So it's like four big ass buttons are settings, and then the top has this like kind of curved looking thing Mm -hmm. that says Nintendo Network ID settings. (laughs) And. Oh my god. Why it, it it just looks like the header. It looks like a header. Yeah, yeah. Yes, send a temporary password to my registered email address. Fucking the email has been sent. Good. Wait, fuck. My Gmail oh, God damn it. <laughs> I still can't get into Gmail for some fucking reason. Go on, can you get it on your phone? Is it on your phone? It, it better be. Yeah, it is. Why isn't it working out on my fucking... Okay. Okay. This is going to happen. We're going to get this fucking... God damn it. All right. Cool. So go into my phone. Temporary password has been issued for my... That's great. Cool. Um, it's valid for 24 hours. That's great. But I should probably like use this to change it, right? Um, yeah, that, that temporary password. Like, So once you log in with the temporary password... It'll probably ask you to update your password and then change it and then go to your 3DS and then do your thing and it should work. Uh, okay. So I can't... Uh, okay. Um, all right. Fuck. God. Uh, Nintendo. So it knows. It knows my... It knows that my fucking... Don't you tweet about this shit. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say what it was. I just said we have something special. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. So when I go to log in, it's like, yo, let's give me your email address. Like yeah. me Meadows, like, give me that give me that email address. Give me that shit. <laughs> give me that give me that fucking email address. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. And then, and then there's an N. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then 
Only only Nintendo can make me feel like like my own. No, but then where the fuck do I sign into that? Like it, it's asking for an email address, not my ID. So fuck, I don't, I don't even know where online you can sign in with your Nintendo ID at this point. Yeah, um, no, nowhere right now because Club Nintendo is gone. So I have to use the temp ID on my fucking 3DS instead. What? Right? Can you? Right? Because yeah, I yeah. I guess. Because I'm trying to sign into the Nintendo, like the Nintendo store, but yeah. the Nintendo store doesn't want my ID. Yeah, it, it wants my email, mm-hmm. and it believes that my email isn't linked to my ID, even though it is, mm-hmm. because that's where it sent my fucking Nintendo. This is why. <sighs> give me the NX now. Just give me the <laughs> NX right now. Yes. Make 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 all that shit work and talk to each other. Yeah. Because this is fucking ridiculous it's, it's going to I, I know they're gonna it's gonna it's good they're gonna get it right 